This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of and welcome back to the doc and guru podcast welcome back doc good to see you you had a couple of interesting days uh, chatting to some of our guests. We'll throw forward uh, to those in the, in the coming weeks. I think uh, one of them, Ken uh, Blanche. Blanche. Yeah, uh, Gordon, firstly, how's it? How's it going? Right. Yeah, good. You guys uh, turned top of the table? It's, uh, we turned top of the table, but yeah, no, I'm trying desperately to forget about that <laughs> and get myself... Uh, You've got to change the colours now. In the World Cup uh, football, yeah. I'm trying desperately to... To, I don't know. I just some other passion isn't there, and I and I feel particularly guilty about that because we had Brad, Brad Habana on, um, yeah. and he, and he did such a good job of, of ramping us up. I was really excited, and now I find myself just thinking like, where's the yeah, you know, where's the excitement? I don't know. Maybe it's because of the distractions, yeah. uh, you know, off the off the field. I think a lot of it is, Gordon. I think it's one of those. It's a, it's a strange setup, you know. And I guess you know if you could predict it, you probably would have predicted that a lot of this would have happened because it was mounting controversy right from the start. Mm-hmm. I mean, from not now, from when they won it and how they won it and, and a whole lot of other stuff. But certainly it's escalated. I mean, you know, the, the human rights, uh, you know, people of dif- different sexual orientations, obviously the whole Budweiser, alcohol versus non-alcoholic beer. I mean, these are off, all off-field things, you know. This is even before we get one of the biggest names, Ronaldo, and he's feud not with FIFA, but obviously yeah. Man U. So there's a lot of noise before the ball's kicked, you know, and now that the tournament's on its go um, – you know, hopefully people will get into it, and hopefully both you and I will get into it. But I must be honest with you, I've been so consumed with, the, and we're going to talk news today, and mm, we're going to talk indeed. digital, and we're going to talk a lot of stuff. The the content that came out is far more than the guy crossed and headed in for the for the goal. It's, it's well, I mean, uh, we, let's let's introduce our guest today. Uh, welcome, uh, Deline Muller. No, 
family. We're not loading the show. Um, <laughs> Head of Media Intelligence, Ad Space 24, part of the Media 24 Group. Dean, welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And so we're coming back to digital content. Um, the, the photograph of, of Messi and Ronaldo, I think you, you, you were chatting about yeah. that. It's just kind of... It's amazing. I mean, yeah, people are saying that it's the photo. You know, that's kind of what some people are capturing it. And they're saying broke the internet. I mean, in, in this first few days, you know, for those listeners not familiar, Messi, Ronaldo, opposite each other, playing a game of chess. There's no audio. It's not a TVC. It's it's not a moving piece of digital. It's a still photograph taken, largely put into digital media. Um playing chess on a Louis Vuitton trunk, mm. Louis Vuitton being the sponsors of the trophy. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, so 36 million views within a few days for Messi and 28 million on Instagram for Ronaldo. So yeah, you know, let's see where that's going to end up. But again, that's the power. And we've covered it so often, Gordon, the power of sports marketing personalities. We're going to touch Deline. Thanks very much for your time. We're going to touch influencers and, and uh, macro, micro. Mm. I mean, these guys are mega. Uh, if, you know, the, the, the word mega with a dot, to, to yeah. it uh, is how big they are. But yeah, so a lot of that off-field, Gordon, some good uh, and some, as we say, a little bit uh, not so good. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's an argument for saying that uh, Ronaldo's moving his chess pieces faster than he's moving himself these days, but uh, yeah. that would be churlish uh, <laughs> and I wouldn't be churlish. <laughs> but anyway. Deline, welcome again. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for making the time. Um, Talk to us a little bit about the evolution of Ad Space 24. You and I got chatting, and I, I kind of lost sight of the space station, the whole Media 24 uh, journey to, to, to look at the new iteration and your new face of talking to the, uh, the, the media industry. Just take us through that, that journey. Okay, well, yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Um, I think mostly for us it was like a real evolution, um, one of those big moves in business. Uh, we really looked at what was happening in the industry, what was happening uh, globally, what was happening in media and marketing, what was happening to sales, what was happening to revenue, um, and what was happening to audiences. Uh, so we knew we had to do something quite big and radical. Uh, so that was really combining our digital and print sales force um, and giving them the tools to go out there and yeah, give the clients what they needed in terms of strategy um, across the board. So really yeah. giving an opportunity for um, integrated solutions and not that one focused yeah. approach. I mean, in many respects, you'd say that, you know, the, the readers kind of got there before you because it's, it's just been a reality of, of that reading, whether it's on print or online, has just merged into one sort of behavioral pattern. So you, you're mirroring yeah. the reality out there. This is not just a corporate move. Yeah, so it was definitely first thing was customer focus and what was happening from the world and what the industry was doing yeah. as well as consumers what were they doing where are they buying why do, what are they buying yes um, and where are they looking for things to purchase yeah so it was really that move for not only the the news teams but also for that whole advertising stream yes um, of what we needed to focus on and that advertising stream doc i mean i think you, mm. you know you're very strong in the holistic nature of of the advertising interface i mean you, if if you're not going to have two calls, one from the, you know, the, the digital sales executive and one from the, the print sales executive. You want a holistic offering. Yeah, absolutely. I think, Gordon, uh, certainly as, as a client, I'd want that one face and then you know, we can talk what media type and what is best suited for the campaign. Uh, and I think the big thing, Deline also is is an integration, you know, from the not the client side, the customer, the yes. the user, you know, the end user doesn't care about how you got to this thing, you know, they they want to see consistency of message of offer, all the rest of it. And I mean, I guess that's such an obvious point, but I mean that must be a key sort of cornerstone of the of the strategy is a fully integrated end to end campaign. Hundred percent. 
Yeah, and I mean, the numbers drive it, right? Mm. I mean, it's all about the numbers from an advertiser point of view, mm. from a consumer point of view, to how you speak to them and where you're speaking to them on what platforms. Mm. But from an advertiser point of view, I mean, our numbers are the story. We have it's 17 million digital yeah. um, UBs. We have 7.2 million print readership. Read itself has changed. I mean, even in the in the readership studies of Fusion, it's a read study. It's no longer a print study versus yeah. a... Yeah. So that has also changed. And mm. that... that that obviously brings the numbers up for us. Yeah. Um, it also proves that there's always been some good readerships um, taking place in terms of print. But the combination of the two is phenomenal. And of that, we also have our um, access to the, call it the household market, which is the 17.9 million households that we can also reach. So across all our platforms, we literally are in every single household yeah. in South Africa. Yeah, I mean, and, and because part of your offering, of course, is a very strong local newspaper offering yes, as well. So that's when you're talking million. the household. You, you're talking yes. direct intervention in the household and then the individuals within the household, which I think is a nice play, really. Too much thinking. I mean, and, and this is driven to a degree by uh, socioeconomic kind of segmentation, SEMs, and, and you know, back in the, in the dark ages, LSMs, mm. where you're kind of looking at the household and not looking at the people who live in the household. 100%. So, yeah, yeah. But just talking about, uh, you know, the sales team, I mean, you know, we, we've all had to learn new lingo. How, how, how have you got everybody speaking the same language? I mean, some people have had to trade in the old schools yeah. or the new ones. Uh, how, how have you gone about doing that? So I think challenging wouldn't be a word, um, <laughs> uh, but it's been exciting stuff. I mean, yeah. it really, for the sales guys, it's, um, you know, being in a digital, and I'm not in sales, so I'm speaking on mm. behalf of them. Yeah. But I think from coming from a digital to a print now, it's almost like, but we, we've been there, like we want to go forward now. Yeah. Um, but when you start seeing the data and how it brings together the integration, yeah. it's just it's, it just makes complete sense yeah. to do that. Um, and obviously, Media24 is now moving into a completely digital, mm. first customer-focused, yes, yeah. data-driven. Um, that's, that's where it mm. lies. So the print is there, but the digital is yeah, also. Yeah. You mentioned that, that it's all about the numbers and media, and, and that's true, um, certainly when it comes to the implementation and procurement. But I think in your case, you know, um, these are numbers with a big T. Uh, that's the trust factor. And it's yes. something we've talked about on the show, and, and you and I have chatted about it, as one of the power players from the Media24 group. Uh, is is this issue of trust? You come out top dog on new platforms in the Edelman Trust Barometer. Yeah, yeah. we were fourth uh, fourth year in a row. Yeah, um, voted the most trusted brand. So trust for us is our currency. It's 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 massive. Yeah, and that's something. I mean, you know, you and I were chatting uh, last week. We've been working together on doing some stuff on the fusion uh, uh, kind of study, and uh, one of the things we took a look at uh, was was Nielsen's trust and advertising report, which is which is really intriguing. Mm. Um, and if you look, you know, whether it's print or whether it's online reading, if you inject trust into the mm. equation, the probability of responding to an ad increases by 150%. I mean, it's two yeah. and a half times more likely to happen uh, if it's in a trusted environment. So yeah. Play, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we've touched, I think, a few times, Gordon, with different guests around trust. It's such mm. an important aspect of, of any relationship and certainly the one between the journalists and, and readers and advertisers and, and, and consumers. But, Jai, yeah, and I think we'll chat later on, Delina. I know we're going to get into one of the main parts of today's discussion around a, a recent survey. And it's trust across the board. And I, let's let's get it to that point when we get there, Gordon, mm. around trust within the youth as well. Yes, you know, uh, and it's not just limited to one segment. It's a, it's really a kind yeah. of a, yeah. a universal truth across the board. Yeah. Well, let let's talk about that because what we, we the specific focus today is on your uh, Gen Z uh, study and report yes. that you, that you put out recently, which is very interesting. I, I'm I'm kind of a, a love hate relationship doc with cohorts. 
Yeah. In the sense that, you know, they seem to have an arbitrary date. Um, and, you know, could be random, but I mean, it's no more random than 16 to 24. So I, I tend to fall on the favor of, uh, on the favorable side of cohorts as, as a thought process. In gen, for me, Gen Z is the global term. For me, there's a nice, easy fit, and I'm, I much prefer to talk about born freeze. But Gen yes, Z born yeah. freeze in South Africa. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about that, that report. I mean, it was a number of, uh, studies that you did or a number of discussion focus groups that groups, you had, yeah. Yeah, focus groups? So it was, it was um, pretty exciting. So it started from, we have like a, what we call our um, insights team. We just get people from Media24 to like mm. in, invest and say, what do they want to do? Uh, we put them in a room and then we kind of like decide on three or four things it will do for that year. Mm. So Gen Z, we, we call Gen Z, was what it came up. Um, that came out of that group. And we then uh, decided on doing a number of focus groups. We did some in Joburg, some in Cape Town. We put two Gen Zs from our from our um, from our uh, media teams, one journo and one intern, and they had a ball. Like they yeah. really had a ball. Uh, we also found like the, the the kids related better. Like they they just yeah. it wasn't us sitting in the room. We were listening in, of course, but the kids that were in the room were really having fun. Um, I mean, we put aside three hours for the session. We thought it was way mm. too long. We we had to close off most of those sessions after three and a half hours. Yeah, the that, that's fantastic. Was, was great. It's interesting. I mean, you know, focus groups. It, it sounds like it's a bit sort of you know of a blast from the past. But yes. <laughs> I'm more and more aware reading global studies that this shift to kind of ethnography in in media research is is really a very hot property right now. We're almost going way back. We've had such a tidal wave of numbers without context. We're going yes. back for context now, yes. almost to explain the numbers we already have. Yes. And I think that's the value of it. Well, it's those nuances, those yeah. things you miss yeah, in just exactly. having data. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was yeah. really why we went into that room was to pick up on those nuances. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. just, and I, and I want to preempt and we're going to go into the, the aspects of it now. But I mean, just in that limited study of yours, two places, Captain Janusburg, you've already seen differences, yes. you know. And, and I mean, there again, you know, but surely they're all the same. I mean, you know, but we know that. South Africans are not all the same. Yes. So that's just an example. So, I mean, Delene, let's get straight into it. Let's just talk about some of the, the highlights. I mean, the one big topic, and I guess it's the first on most people's list, is, is what I would call probably that complex, you, may, you use the word love-hate relationship, uh, with social media. You know, so let's just talk about the findings of your survey in terms of how did the youth resonate with, with social media in, in general? Yeah, so for us, um, definitely a, like a, a golden moment. I call them nuggets, golden nuggets. Um, but for us, we saw within, the, within the, the social media, it was that the guys are like, they're not happy about it. There's a lot of um, anxiety within the, the guys that are on it. Not to say they won't be there, like they're going to be there. They're going to be there whether it's on Instagram, their favorite being TikTok, they're going to be there. But there's a lot of anxiety around being there. Mm. Um, I can quote just a few things that, that um, they said to us. But I mean, it was, we, we literally asked them about how they feel about just in terms of, um, their, their, their feeling towards social media and yeah. it was a it was a categorical no like it's they know how difficult it is and how much anxiety it creates for them while they're on that platform and the amount of money they have to go spend on new new clothes mm. and looking mm. their best yeah. and having the best cameras and the best phones um and that for me was like an eye-opener because having gen z's at home i have two of them and they're on their phone consistently yeah. I did not realize that they were anxious about it <laughs> you know yeah. so it was just yeah. I think and there it just comes to that you know the, the brands must be aware of that they, they, mm. they, they, they're highly influenced on the, these um, mm. these products and we need to be quite aware of what's happening in their their worlds and it's mm. quite anxious yeah I think it's in I, th I wonder to what degree that uh, 
disconnection. I think I think the word that you use in the report is disconnect. They feel disconnected. They they recognise what it's there for. They recognise the contribution that it makes, but they feel disconnected from it. Um, is driven, you know, by the last three years or so, uh, you know, of, of COVID lockdown, where you've been so heavily reliant on social media, perhaps more than you might have been in the past. Uh, there must be a feed, a feeder from that. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, I, Gordon. And, I, and again, you know, I, I mean, I read the study, Deline. Thanks for that. Um, but it's yeah, I don't, I don't have a definitive answer other than you know some of the other stuff that we've been exposed to and read about cyberbullying, Gordon. You know, the mm. the whole pressure and sometimes. You can say and will say and do stuff on social media that you probably would never do face to face with somebody, you know, if they were across the table from you. So it's that extra pressure of, you know, am I going to get found out? Is that person going to confront me? So there's lots of layers mm. of yeah. of pressure heaped on. And I know we're going to get onto brands now, but I mean, even I guess to a greater or less degree, all of us. But certainly when I was at school, you had pressure to maybe wear nice stuff or or. or you know, be in, in, in a certain place or whatever. And maybe you can't afford it, you know. So yeah. the affordability factor comes mm-hmm. into it. You know what I mean? So how do you and, – and again, I certainly have, and maybe uh, Gordon and Deline, you have as well, is seen youngsters – posing in photographs in settings for just for the photo you know i was in a restaurant literally a few weeks back in cape town uh and and two young ladies came in and they had one drink they posed for a whole lot of photos i mean not one or two i mean like a whole lot and then literally left you know so it was a it was almost an instagram moment and i guess we were having dinner and we looked at it It was quite peculiar for us but we're not that market you know so yeah. yeah let's just go into brands i mean let's talk a little bit about the brand influence uh, in terms of um, you know, in terms of of people being influenced by brands, wanting brands, mm. and then you know being exposed to brands. Brands are not new, and so how does that play into your study? What were the findings from that? So I mean, we looked at it more from a fashion um, and brands perspective, and it's apparent. I mean, they want to, and it's important for the Gen Zs from the research mm. study that they look good. Um, they want to look good. Um, but price is very important to them. So it also came down to what the price was um, and wanting to be seen. Um, but brands have to be authentic. These guys are looking through the stuff. They can see immediately when you're not authentic. And I think the word authentic comes up and up and up and up. And that came across uh, the research quite, quite uh, strongly. Um, that you need to be authentic yeah. in terms of brands. Yeah, I mean, we're we going to talk about brands and, and brands with cause in a moment. Uh, I mean, one of the key words that cropped out was, uh, with respect to their relationship with brands, was was this concept of thrifting, I think, was yes. the key word you use there. And, you know, not to go down, you know, another media owner's tunnel, but, I mean, it's interesting that Roots discovered exactly the same thing. There is this constant drive. So I'm brand aware but I'm also aware of, of my fin- financial limitations. Yes. I think one yes. of the phrases that could have caught my eye was, um, I see the clothes on Zara, but I buy them somewhere else. Yes. So I want the Zara look, sure. but you know I can't afford the, the Zara buy. So yeah. it's an interesting one for me, Doc, because the brand influence, Zara or whatever it is, yeah. Is still as strong as ever, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily play out into the sale mm. uh, and being credited to the brand, which is yeah. which is problematic from, from a marketing point of view. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, hopefully they'll grow into it from an affordability curve point of view. Yeah. So, 100%, you know, yes. and it's and I mean, a while back, and I can't remember whether we chatted to Doug Place on the show or, or I spoke to him privately. Nando's, uh, the brand desire is there, mm. but they found in COVID people. Were 
became poorer, you know. So Nando's versus Chicken Nick and, and, and sorry, different category, but for mm. the sake of the discussion, KFC is an expensive buy and they then brought it down to under 50 bucks called the economic quarter, playing on the word economic mm. quarter, mm. quarter chicken, mm. 49.90 for that exact reason, saying that they wanted to get to an affordable price point where people could still buy the product, though the desire hadn't diminished. Now again, you know, for youngsters in your target market to love certain brands is no surprise, but they can't necessarily afford. I mean, we just spoke now about LV or Louis Vuitton, the, 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 the kissed with the guys. Most, most youngsters in that bracket probably don't own that item. They may or may not aspire to that brand. I don't know. But certainly brands that resonate like a Zara, you know, they'd probably want something that's very similar. Mm. And a lot of people do that. They'd see a celebrity wearing something in America yes. that they would have maybe bought in a shop that isn't even in South Africa. So it's not a global. Uh, they would then buy something similar yeah. at an affordable price mm. point and it's a look-alike you know very close mm. but not you know you can't look at the label and I mean knockoffs yeah. are not new you know yeah. you see them on most street corners you know and some of the knockoffs are pretty pretty good and you can't really see the difference between you know a fake uh, I don't know Gucci watch or a real Gucci watch yeah. unless yeah. you look at the mechanics so yeah yeah, look, I think the brands don't want to hear that because of the amount of money that they're investing. Yeah, and then, of course, those people are going to aspire and they are going to go there. So you want to be in their face and you want to create that brand awareness. Yeah. Even while they're busy doing, knock, doing knockoffs. Yeah. I mean, the words that they use, would they, would they go to Marabastat and they go and get what they need to do from there. So it's almost like um, they'll see things in magazines. They, mm. want to, they want to look and mm. feel that same way. They'll go and get the knockoffs. But, you know, for the brands, it's brand awareness at yeah. this stage. It's really yeah. building that brand mm. and making sure that your brand is in the present and that those when they do become yeah. um, financially able you're their first choice yeah you're listening to the dark and the guru proudly brought to you by infinity media i feel it quite refreshing because at the point of my sort of advertising life where i'm supposed to ride off into into the sunset <laughs> It really comes as a great relief to me because I, mean, a, I can't ride, and b, I'm not ready for the sunset. But you know that the whole brand building thing is there's a resurgence in the in the in the understanding of of brand building before you close out the deal, um, and I think that came through in, in in your report the value of of brand building and particularly brand building around a cause. Yes, uh, and that that seems to be a very sincere point of application for for Gen Z. So there again, we also found our golden nugget. Yeah. The views on brand cause, uh, different to like what happened in Gauteng versus Western Cape, was phenomenal. Like the Gauteng was obviously they were more skeptical. They yeah. didn't quite believe that where you, mm. in terms of brand cause, you say mm. you're going to do that, but are they getting the money? Like we're yeah. not so sure. Uh, whereas Cape Town was a completely opposite. It was like peace and love, give yeah. them the money. It was it yeah. was quite phenomenal. So it, it's important for brands to understand that. So when you have um, you know, when, when you're putting an advertising together, it might not speak or resonate with the person in Gauteng yeah. versus the person in Western mm. Cape. So it really needs to be, know your, know your audience. Yeah. Um, and as a brand, if you choose to be on social media, be there um, and make sure that you are doing reviews and that you're talking back to yeah. that. Because yeah. this, this, the Gen Zs are all about comments, all about looking, all about mm. talking. And reviewing and that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. but it's almost you know you talk it, and I mean again I picked up that point. You know the Captainians want it, and the Khateng guys say I don't really care about it. You know, does the two rand really go to the ad hope for the KFC campaign as an example? And I think it's it goes back. Delina, it's, it's no different to you know when you offer win a car, you've got to put the photo of somebody winning the car, Gordon. Yeah. Otherwise, you know yeah. how, how do I know who won the car? Was there a car? You know, so it's that sort of factor. That's that. That's fifty years old. Nothing new about that. But the same now. 
brands showing people that they're doing work and it's not greenwashing or wokewashing yeah. or any yes. of that stuff, that your money does actually go to the charity and we don't take most of your two rand for admin fees and staff and all the rest of it because mm. there's donor fatigue and people question things. So, so I'm again not too surprised by that and again I think that probably is across the spectrum of, of ages and, and cohorts you know um, Gordon not just uh, your Gen Z but people saying but how do I know show me show and me. I think that's the important part you know is, is to do is to do the unpackaging and I mean I think again a while ago Gordon and I want to always just use my examples but just for the sake of I bought a pair of shoes uh, a, p- a pair of sneakers online from Adidas uh, and it arrived Now I was quite impressed because it arrived a day earlier so that was quite cool but more importantly than that when I opened the box it said they were made from recycled material now I didn't know that when I bought it so but they told me on the box so they did the work for the consumer so it made me feel even better about my purchase that I bought something that was recycled and I think that's the challenge you know is to tell people uh, what happens to their money and maybe then more Mm. people will be part of that particular cause whether it's ocean uh, you know ocean plastic or or, you know feeding kids at early school school development or whatever yeah I mean you know my running shoes are also made from recycled materials, but that's only because they're four years old. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, but for me, if you go back to 2010, one of the most exciting things, um, I was involved with the visa uh, campaign for 2010 World Cup in South Africa. Mm. And one of the, the uh, sort of activations which really captured my attention was from Brazil. Um, they you took in your, your, your visa card. The cards were all melted down in plastic. And the plastics the, from the melted cards, you were obviously given the new one, yeah. were, were molded and were used as the studs on the boots of the Brazilian players' oh, really? shoes. So oh, literally yeah. the Brazilians played on the back sure. of, 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 of Visa. I mean, which I thought was that just incredible attention to detail. That's I wonderful. love that. It's amazing. It's an amazing, it's, a, it's an amazing story. Yeah. Um, just, you know, coming back also, one of the interesting things again, which, and I think sometimes we forget this in, in, in advertising and media, is, is attention to detail. So when it came to the... Uh, the value and the causes, the brand causes, uh, the Gen Zs were saying, price in, don't add on. Don't ask me for five rand. Price it in yeah. and, and tell me that it's already in there and I'm going to trust you on that, but don't ask me to add on. I thought that was an intriguing pricing kind of lens, which I hadn't thought of. I think, you know, I guess it's, I suppose it speaks to the point earlier about affordability, you know. So it's one thing wanting to do something and another thing being able to afford to do that thing whether it's buying a brand I have the willingness but not the means and the same with causes I, I, let's take your Cape Town cohort that says we're all for cleaning up the ocean as an example yeah. uh, but I don't have me I don't have another two rand disposable cash so mm-hmm. if you price it in and, and you tell me you're doing things and I've got two items that are very similar and I can choose A or B I'll choose the one that supports it but yeah. I don't have the affordability although I have the willingness and I guess you know that's so that's a money issue. Uh, Just coming back to, to uh, ads with uh, causes, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to have a look at the John Lewis ad. Yeah. Did you see the yes, John? What did you think of it as a matter of interest? Moving. <laughs> moving towns because you're tired of it or, or moving like, no, it was, emotionally? It was moving emotionally. Yeah. It was something like, yeah, when you, you can 
And you can see where, they, where, they, where they're going with it. It's almost yeah. like you see a lot of that happening now uh, with a lot of the adverts. Like mm. you just see that everybody's trying to have a cause. Um, there's that one where they, the, the chocolate one with the, the taxi that goes yeah. off. I mean, it, that's emotional. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. That's beautiful advertising. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's very different for John Lewis. Eh? <laughs> I mean, it's a very, very big departure away huge. from uh, their previous work in previous yeah. years, which was very much around Christmas yep. and the holiday season and, and lighthearted. And I guess it's the gift as well. I mean, the message is similar, but a far more somber tone. And, and a lot of people have come out in praise of John Lewis for that ad, saying it's a sign of the times, you yeah. know, that you're on the right side of the times mm. as opposed to you know where a lot of people are still battling and we know that you know, they're coming out of COVID very very differently uh, and not everybody's joyous and can jump on a trampoline or open up Christmas crackers or do whatever people do yeah. you know in previous years the John Lewis theme was very much when you saw it you almost knew it was a John Lewis ad whereas now I didn't I mean obviously I read yes. the preamble but you know it's a, it's a great piece of work but very different absolutely I'm yeah. so real, and, and, and kind of got me rethinking some of my own thoughts about traditional approach to, to television commercials because it's a long build with the big reveal and I've been the argue, you know, arguing the big reveal doesn't work anymore yes. and your Gen uh, well, study Z said they want, yeah. you've got five you've seconds, got five seconds yeah. there's, a, there's a commercial in the old style, 45 yeah. degree angle upwards to the big reveal uh, which and, and I hung in for the big reveal which I guess is a testament to how well it was shot on the front end because you think yeah. where on earth is it yes, going but that's so why there's you still hung a case in. for that yeah, you're yeah. get drawn in yeah. 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 you know coming back uh, you know to the dynamics of advertising um, there were some interesting observations you know you the, the Gen Z's will give you their attention but you've yeah. got to earn it pretty yeah. quick in the equation yeah, so for us, I mean, in, in the in the study, the, the one comment was like, you have me, like you just said, you have me for five seconds. Mm. If you haven't got me by then, I'm, I'm gone, I'm, yeah. you know. Sounds like my matric dance. To, <laughs> <laughs> you, you had me and hello. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I mean, in this generation, they, they inundated with advertising. They really, wherever they go, wherever they look, it's mm. there. I mean, for us as well, I mean, it's just, it's, mm. it's everywhere. So you have to stand out. And again, I use the word authentic. You have to be authentic. Mm. You have to be curious. So I think that's where that ad yeah. uh, went to. It was you yeah. became curious. What is this guy up to? You know yeah. what's going on here. Yeah. So you may grab them for that long, yeah. but you need to get them in those first five yeah. seconds. I mean, one of the things they, they talked about as well is something which I know from working with you on the fusion study, looking at read the yes. new uh, the new reading you know study, which is the the hub or, or, or the recipient study for the for the fusion um, database, um, is the issue of do young people read or not. Mm. And, and there's a meme which kind of has evolved that young people don't read. But in actual fact, that's they not correct. Reading. They are reading. It's just that the way that they're reading has shifted. And we talked about it, Delene, the other day. We know that what's happened for me is that I think you, the uh, publishers, many of them have got themselves trapped in an unvirtuous circle. Young people don't read. Therefore, I don't write stuff for young people yeah. to read. Therefore, they don't read. And so it yeah. goes. But if you probe the numbers in the fusion study... And, and even before that, in, in PAMS uh, and the Digital Consumer Survey for Nielsen's for the last three years, what you see is that when young people read, they actually spend a hell of a lot of time reading. It's, yeah. And their complaint is exactly what we see in your report. You're not writing stuff for me, yeah. so make content for me and I'll engage. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I mean, we're jumping a bit ahead, but I mean, that's specifically where we are going in terms of why we did this research for, for Media24. Um, and that's to see, we know there's work to be done. Within our, within News24, we have 25 or 24% of our audience are Gen Zs, mm. um, which is a good number. I mean, we have 12 million users on, 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 on uh, News24. 
But we are picking up that there's, there's things that they're looking for that we need yeah. to go and do. So we've also put like task teams together based from this research um, and other research, but based from this mm. um, to put to some task teams together to go see yeah. what, are those, what are those things that they're looking for. I've got some of the answers, but I'm, I'm not going to share them. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, but, uh, so if, if you want the answers, you can contact Darlene. We'll, we'll share her details afterwards. Um, but, you know, coming back to your, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the pedigree of, of uh, NUSPERS, Media 24, you know, is steeped in, in, in the Afrikaans language. I mean, there's obviously more errors uh, in that bow than just Afrikaans. But you're talking about X million numbers of... Uh, unique browsers, etc. I mean, you know, Charlize Tehran will be quite shocked to discover <laughs> you've got more than 44 readers. I actually went looking. Gordon. I thought that <laughs> might come up. Um, but yeah, yeah, to our surprise, we have 90,000. I mean, we know this stuff. I'm just being, I'm being facetious. Yeah. Um, we have 90,000 subscribers on our network, yeah. um, which is, which, which is probably the biggest in the, in, in that, if I'm not mistaken, in Africa and could be so, definitely in South Africa. Um, but we have 1.8 million readers and we have 2.2 million unique browsers, so definitely not 44. Yeah, and, and half of them are in Scotland <laughs> because I think they make up half the Scottish rugby teams. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the surnames yeah. in those teams yeah. are. And and we, I'm a bit worried about our Afrikaans representation in Argentina, Doc, because we don't seem to have any. We had we had a, quite a few for Argentina and. We don't have uh, Afrikaans names in Argentina, and they're winning. So that that me, <laughs> might, might be something we need to investigate. But th- coming back to uh, the social media and and this kind of disengagement uh, of young people from social media, one of them the points of disengagement is the kind of erratic behaviour of so-called influencers and the cancel culture. There seems to be a big pushback on fake influencers and then cancel culture. Yeah, so we, there was quite a bit that came out of there. Again, we have to think of the nuances between Western Cape and Gauteng. Yeah. They were quite different. Um, but I think, I mean, in terms of just um, being that the social media and where they are, again, it's, it's all about authenticity. Um, What's intri- interesting for me is looking at, at the report and finding the same sort of patterns uh, in the Deloitte's Gen yes. Z Millennials 22 yes. report, um, which I think is reassuring when you see repetition of, of insight uh, it, it just shows how consistent those those lenses uh, those lenses are but uh, the cancel culture I thought was interesting what what they said is there's a role to take people on call them out don't cancel yeah I thought that yeah. that was quite a nice piece of youthful wisdom call out but don't cancel yeah, yeah it's a call it's yeah, I guess called call out culture versus mm. cancel culture you mm. know and, and, uh, and I mean there were some ex- specific examples about that and and maybe double standards have been in place and all the rest of it and that's the part we mm. made earlier you know it's so easy to sit back and and cancel somebody across a platform when you're not in face to face and I suppose that's you know one of the ills of, of today and one of the ills of social mm. media and also just touching on those influences Gordon uh, and Deline the yeah, I mean one of the things that came through as you said has come through is, is truth and, or, and and authenticity, people yeah. like me, you know, I can see that yeah. Beyonce, as a mega star, would never use this particular product, okay? Yeah. And even the South African version of Beyonce, so your top, top, top celeb would not necessarily. And I think the example yeah, and they was see, a, I mean, they see straight through that. Was so a body, a, a body yeah. cream or a body butter or whatever. You know, you got different yeah. brands and pitched at different markets and different price points. Nothing new so far. But it, what is a jarring thing is if somebody who you know has got a G-Wagon and has made multi-million rands or dollars on. on. A- yeah. Absolutely. That doesn't, that's <laughs> yeah. just, 
just not right. It you know, what I mean? and, and people them. say, but now hold on, you know, rather choose somebody like me. I'd rather be influenced by my mates, my friends, yes. who I know. If they say it's good, it probably is good because they're very similar to me. You know. Yeah, well, I, I don't know much about body butter, but I've got a butter body which uh, <laughs> was brought to my attention by my, my four-year-old granddaughter who was poking me in the stomach over the weekend, and she was poking away, and I, and I said to her, Grandpa's got a stomach like a rock. She said, yes, but it's a squishy rock. So <laughs> I, I know all about uh, butter body, and but oh. body butter. Anyway, um, just coming back to, you know, the sort of one of the key issues um, and the trade-offs, there's a big trade-off between my career and my life. Oh, yes. I mean, an extraordinary number of, of people are just literally walking away without jobs, anything. Uh, the big resignation, th yes. that's something. I mean, it's kind of high-risk stakes for, for young people, but they don't seem to see it as a risk. Yeah, they don't. So, I mean, we saw, I mean, the same as the Deloitte study. They've got mm. the same results coming out of there. Uh, we had the question <laughs> for every single one in the room. The nine to five, and they were all like, "That's not going to work for me. It's not. It's not mm. my place." Yeah. Except for one, we had one person said they want that. That's what yeah. they're looking for. Yeah. But everyone else was like, "It's not. I need. I need more than that. Mm. This can't be it." Yeah. Um, and I think we see it's maybe resonating from our own kids. You know, you they see the way we work, and it's just work, work, work. And then they get into the working field, and they're like, "No, I don't. I'm not in for this." Yeah. And so a lot of it was that that came out was work life balance. I wanted to be able to hustle. Mm -hmm. I wanted. Like choose my own career. Yeah. There were comments about like I don't want to report to anybody. I mean, this this is like realistic yeah. things you have to at some point report to somebody because that's that's how you learn. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a big shift, and I think this this generation, although COVID's probably accelerated this hybrid working, and, yes, but not for all industries. Yeah. It works for some, mm. but I think for this generation, there's going to be a huge push, um, and yeah. companies are going to have to yeah. adapt. You know, just an interesting point on that. And I was on a an academic online panel a few weeks back, and 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 somebody there were four of us in the panel I can't remember the guy's name who mentioned it he was talking about this exact thing you know of of people wanting to work in a hybrid fashion and 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 and, and talking about uh the way of the future and i then made the point and i don't think it's a, a genius point but i think it's a pretty obvious point is how do you sensitize both sides of the equation in other words most people they're going to report to perhaps are not gen z's Okay, who come out of a different style, mm. a historical style. Some of those may want, may like the new style. Some of them may not like the new style. But and I made the point there: how do you change all parts of the culture from the physical artifacts? In other words, when you walk into many companies, you know, I still got to put my finger in that opens the boom. So that's a barrier. Mm. How do I take that barrier away physically that allows me a psychological opening, and then? into um, the leadership being sensitized to the new way of work. Yeah. So if I look at some of those results and those comments, they're alien to me because I'm not Gen Z. Yes. But I'd often, you know, if asking in the corporate space, be managing and leading a lot of people of that age. And there's a disjoint, you know. And again, Gordon, that's not new. Mm. You know, to sit down and talk about both sides of the equation and not just say we're going to go four days, three days a week, two days hybrid mm. Uh, mm. without any other work. And I'm not suggesting it hasn't happened, but I, I'm saying maybe Maybe more of it should happen that both sides of the party can understand each other. Because if I just read the comments cold, they, they're alien to me. That doesn't yes. mean they're wrong. That just means, you know, it needs yeah. a bit more work. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, I mean, it's a good place to kind of wrap up. I'm just conscious of time. Um, you know, that hybrid environment poses real challenges for uh, media sales executives trying to interface uh, and get close to clients and understand the need. 
you, how do you see yourself playing that from an ad space 24 perspective, generating insights and interfacing with the market? You know, what, what's the next trick for you guys, uh, you know, coming up in 2023? I can't believe I'm talking about 2023. <laughs> yeah, so I think we'll continue. I mean, in terms of innovation, we'll continue with that. Collaboration is critical. And I mean, getting people into the room is insane. Like it's yeah. just you go in, you create a meeting, suddenly half of it thought it was online, the other half are there, yeah. you know, those kind of things. So I yeah. think a lot of, you know, for us, there's definitely going to be a lot of workshops coming um, from, from us. We've started with them. So we'll definitely get into the, the hearts and the minds of the agencies and just make sure that we, we're seeing agencies are going back to the office um, or they're having like agency mm. days and that kind of thing. So we'll definitely start doing that. Um, I think the 2023 for, for Media24, we've got a lot coming to play. Uh, we will see, um, we've, we've got a big project on the first party data, um, mm -hmm. looking at all our audiences and making sure that they're in a safe environment. Um, so that's quite a, quite an exciting project that we're busy with. There again, my lips are sealed. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll also, we've got uh, SNL24 also launching early next year. Um, that's going to bring in uh, more of the, uh, looking at the middle market, mm -hmm. um, beautiful product. So that we'll see momentum coming through there. We've got a lot of projects that we're busy with, with News24, um, also Lips are Sealed again. So there's a lot of things that we're, yeah. that, 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 that Media24 is busy with to, to just, um, you know, just, just engage more yeah. um, and make sure that we are in front of our customers with solutions and insights because it needs to be driven by insights. Yeah. It needs to be driven by a strategy needs support. Um, and if we can get people in the room with us to have those conversations, we're halfway there to. I'm very excited about that because we need a holistic approach. It's 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 viewing, it's listening, it's reading, it's it's the total total wrap that we require here. And uh, I think going forward, that that's really good news because I think to a degree. Uh, publishers have been a bit guilty of sort of just kind of bogging down on the, on on the size of the numbers, not on on the insights. And you, you know, we were chatting last week and looking at the World Federation of Advertisers' Future of Strategy Report uh, 2022 or 2020, uh, 2022 for 2023. Um, the meme, which really kind of struck me, and we've chatted about, Doc, going upstream to create downstream mm. solutions. You've yeah. got to get upstream find the strategic insight, and then yeah. come up with the downstream application for that. But to all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Thank uh, you. Deline, thank you for, for joining us. It's been a really great wrap. Doc, we're, uh, we're heading into the, the Christmas uh, season fast and furious. I'm hoping to see you in your, your Santa outfit next uh, next week. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Santa Speedo. Well, Santa Speedo would I? Because, I mean, we've gone, we've gone off the Fuff Speedos and now the Santa outfit. No, I think I'll fit that in. I don't even have to put a pillow in the thing like, you know, a lot of the young thin guys put a pillow in. I don't have to do that, so I'm okay. <laughs> but well, uh, that, you, that image of Doc in his, uh, his pillowless pillow Santa Speedo. I don't know, Doc. <laughs> Not a speeder. Jaleen, thanks for your time <laughs> Thank you. while Gordon rambles on. Thanks for your time. Uh, Thank you. Just lastly, uh, say someone wants to get hold of this report, how do they do it? What's the best way to get hold of it? Yeah, so we're going to load it on our ad space, so, so adspace.co.za. Okay. Um, we're going to load it on there within the next week. we just got to get the market copy ready. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, also on our contacts page, you'll see my name and, yeah, get yeah. hold of me. Thanks. And as we always say, you know, um, don't just listen to a great 30 minutes or just over 30. Uh, be part of the conversation longer term. So, you know, if you're a listener and you're interested in uh, in this topic, get a hold of Deline and her team uh, and find out more. So, yeah, from our side, Gordon, I'll leave you to close out. But until next week. And Deline, thanks for joining us. And to all the listeners, thank you for joining us. Let's keep talking.
And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.